Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call on Patreon. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode. We are still in the off-season episode, still chatting with you guys. Hi, Aid. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm good. As we speak, I am in the middle of a tornado watch. And we're just hoping that the power doesn't go out. It is very dark where I am. But the funny part is I had no idea it was going to happen. I'm sitting at work. I had to go into the office today. And everyone starts leaving. And there's one particular coworker who never leaves early. And I'm like, um, why are you leaving? And she's like, there's a tornado watch coming. I'm like, my phone says nothing. But turns out it is. And turns out the warning starts coming out. So, yeah. See, I'm not even working today. But I got all of the alerts that said um, federal government is closing at three o'clock today. (laughs) Go home early. Every time one of those things goes out, it reminds me of a snowstorm that I think was in 2011 where they told everybody to go home early because of a snowstorm and I didn't leave early enough and I was on the car for like seven hours. But that's another story for another day. So yes, I was like, yeah, there's something going on in DC today. The problem is, is like, do I start texting people? No, because there's too many people. If something goes wrong, no. I'm sure they'll get in touch. <laughs> <laughs> I think they will not. They will be surviving. Um, I think they'll be trying to survive. So um, maybe not. We're just going to hope for the best and hope that, you know, nothing happens. Do you know it's a long weekend in Canada? For But only what? for government, government workers. I don't really know, but um, my cousin who lives there is in town and was like, oh, is it a long weekend for you guys? I'm like, no. And then she finds out that it's only for government workers. So when you said you got a text, I was like, oh, I wonder if they shared the same thing, but I guess not. That's not what it is. It's the weather <laughs> that um, that happened. But um, did you do anything fun this weekend? No. Oh, I watched Simone Biles. <laughs> That's exciting for you. Oh, so exciting. You know, people in my life, really, every time someone said, what are you doing? Oh, the so-and-so. And I'm like, on August 5th, I'm not available. I'm not available to babysit. I'm not available to do anything because I'll be watching Simone Biles return to gymnastics. And it was like more than I could have ever hoped for. Aw. She's I was, baby. <laughs> I was just tempering my expectations. I'm like, I just want her to be happy. She doesn't have to do all the things. She can just make a soft comeback. And then she comes back. She beats everybody by five points. Uh, it's it's like she never left. And then she she's coming in a lot more low-key than the last time. Because mm-hmm. I think 
she had like a documentary crew and she just this time she's like oh i'm just here to do gymnastics um so yeah it was just really special to watch it i was so happy <laughs> i know i saw a tweet that said um people underestimate just how good she is that even mm-hmm. her being like a low-key that she does things like n- nobody else can so they're not sure why people are surprised but for me i think like i'm not into gymnastics as you are but i do recognize her like her prowess or whatever i just keep imagining that what's that syndrome she had where you freeze and she couldn't do all of the things that the twisties what is it called the twisties okay the twisties and I keep imagining, I have a fear of heights. It's not the same at all. But I keep imagining that fear in my stomach where I don't want to do anything that requires heights. And I'm just imagining her, something that she did every day for the rest of her, like every day for her life. That's a huge part of her life. And suddenly just being frozen and being scared to do the tumbles. And for some reason, I feel like I can feel that fear. And I just think like it's a hard thing to get over. And I'm so glad for her that, you know, she got over it. Because you can also tell that she loves what she does so which is amazing on many many levels because i i feel like the lay people i get you know me and my soapboxes tane i just want to get on my soapbox and be like you guys don't understand (laughs) if simone but the even after she withdrew you know withdrew from the competition there is people who actually know anything about the sport of gymnastics she was she is the greatest gymnast that ever was she didn't have to come back we would call her the greatest we know she her coach is like oh she came back to the gym in like october but it kind of sounded like she wasn't taking it very seriously <laughs> um or she was <laughs> using it she was happy she was happy she just got married and everything they're like yeah after the wedding she really started training after the wedding was in march it's just the rest of the competition field like jordan childs or jade carey they did a full season of college gymnastics. Then they went into serious training. Also, they could lose to Simone Biles by about five points, who has been training kind of hard for three months. <laughs> and they have nothing but respect because they're competitors. But I look at them and I'm like, I think I might be bitter. Like, Jordan, how can you be best friends with somebody who <laughs> you've done a full season, training, 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 and she's just like, oh, let me just take it seriously for three months and look at me beat all of you. <laughs> I mean, you just got to know your lane and respect. <laughs> There's nothing you can do. But I mean, I have serious respect for like athletes because I started the show Quarterback on Netflix. It's um the show where they just pick three quarterbacks in football and they follow them. And it's interesting to see how each of them, how much they put into it, into what they do. In my mind, I'm like, why are you on this show showing your secrets? Like, don't tell people what you do and all the things. And they're just thinking about Naomi Osaka training like how many weeks after giving birth i was like huh from everything i hear like everyone's still trying to get their life together some people are still in diapers and you're like training like much respect to them that's a lot of discipline a lot of tenacity and sometimes even when you don't win it's just like everything that you do and everything that you put into it i know i can't do half of that so i mean kudos to them you know for all they do yeah I also, because I made it seem like she didn't work very hard, a lot of what she's, I think it's more the ability to get it back. She worked very, very hard for many, 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 many years. Yeah. It's just, I think now she can leave and come back and get back to where she was easier than other people. But I just, I don't want to discount the hard work that it takes to be Simone Biles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 I hear you. I hear you. 
yeah, my um my fun highlight for the weekend was I made it to the Beyonce concert, like most of the people in the world. For considering I had no plans to go, actually, I tell the story with fear of being of tomatoes being thrown at me. But I saw Beyonce on on the run tour, and I was not impressed. Yes, I said it. Please don't kill me. I'm just saying. I think it was when she was going through her stuff with Jay Z because I actually saw it in Houston. This was back. I think I was in Texas for some reason. And she's from Houston. So I'm expecting like, what's up, Houston? You know, my birth. We did not get any of that. We had no conversation. Jay-Z was the one having conversations with us. And I'm like, okay, maybe in hindsight, that's what it was. And I was like, I'm not going to spend all that money and go through all that. But happened to stumble across some tickets and wasn't like, we didn't go through the whole Ticketmaster drama. Somebody just How did just you stumble tickets. across? Somebody was selling their tickets. Okay. They did not want their tickets anymore. So it wasn't like, it was a case of like, if I went, it'd be okay. Like, it would be good. If I didn't go, I'll be okay too. It wasn't like, oh my God, I got to. So, but I'm glad I did because it was just really like, that is somebody else speaking of athletes. She's not an athlete, but that's someone who puts a lot of work in their craft. Like the vocals were vocaling, the body was adi yadiing and the fits and everything, the dancers, everything was just completely great. So we had two nights in DC. So I went to the first night where we had good weather, thank God. So everything went well. And then when Blue came out, I thought my eardrums were going to burst. Like the screams were deafening. So, and it's so weird just seeing someone we saw as a baby just now dancing with her mother. It's very, very surreal. It reminds me that I'm old. So you were saying before we started recording that you thought that Blue might not be in Houston because she would be back in school. And also this ties into the whole discretion of celebrities. I'm like, I think they live in New York. Is that right? Jay-Z and Beyonce live in New York? Do we even know? We know. But like you said it, I just went blank. I just feel like they move around so much. Now I'm thinking, because I thought they bought a house and everyone was like, oh, they spent this much money on a house and all that. So I don't know, but it's, uh, my instinct is to say New York because that's where Jay-Z's from. But yeah, I don't know. But I don't even know if she goes to regular school, if she's homeschooled. I don't know anything about them. Oh, um, Google says they live in Bel Air. In LA? Yeah. That's very interesting. I say interesting I said, because I feel like if you want to be on the low key, LA is not the place to live. They're bi coastal. They have a house in New York and then they have a house in. Again, they're always on the move. So I can't tell you where it is that they live. Do you think they have a private tutor or she actually goes to school? I can't remember. I feel like I saw her go to school, but I don't know. Beyonce is so private. I don't know. And then even if maybe she, they could decide this school year, they want to do something different now that she's a dancer. So I don't know. All right, Aid, we haven't really talked about it, but I think the cat's out of the bag. You briefly mentioned it last time, mentioned that you were in an episode of House Hunters. So I don't know if you, we haven't decided if we're going to like, just do a little chit chat so you can give a little behind the scenes tidbit. But for those who want to check you out, do you want to share your episodes, your season, and anything you want to share with them about it? Oh, yes. So the episode is episode 236, episode three. Um, I have learned that it's actually really hard, unless you have cable on demand or like a Philo on demand, you can't really find it. Um, Cause like my international people have been wanting to watch it. And I'm like, so you have to get a VPN and then go on Philo and possibly in two years, iTunes might have it for sale. 
But yes, you can go watch my episode. It's I think it's pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed watching it probably more than I enjoyed making it. <laughs> but, but I do I, think like we should probably do an episode just talking about it. Okay. Um, yeah, we will do... I don't know if it deserves a full episode. We'll just tack it on to another episode. I don't know <laughs> if I have a whole lot to say about it. And I also don't think I can I didn't really read the stuff I signed but in general I don't think I can talk about a lot of it oh <laughs> oops <laughs> which I know plenty of people who have talked plenty uh, and we've discussed it before I was on the show on our Patreon where we covered a few episodes of House Hunters um, I will refer you guys that way for more information about the making of House Hunters but from my personal experience I, I will try to let you guys read between the lines oh that's cool very cool i still think it's very cool that you got to do it because you've been wanting to do this for a while so i'm glad that you got to check this off your list it's a once in a lifetime experience i will say that and also i don't think it's that difficult like when you mentioned international well yeah it's going to be difficult for them but for for everybody else as long as you have on demand as long as you have discovery plus you can you can find it no, it's not on Discovery Plus. It will be in like three really? years. They're so behind. Yep. Oh, oh, because they're phasing out to Max or? No, it's just because um, I watch old episodes of House Hunters on Discovery Plus. Um, oh. They're like a couple years behind. So they put out a new episode, but it's from like two, three years ago. It's very odd. Oh. There are a lot of episodes of House Hunters. I will say in the course of making it, the producer told me like, we make 200 plus episodes a year of House Hunters. They used to do less, but after the pandemic, everybody was just dying for more house hunters. So they started making even more episodes. Wow. Interesting. And they also told okay. me that my episode would rerun for five years. Whoa. Do you get residuals? Is that what Bethany's fighting for? <laughs> I will not get residuals. I will not get residuals. <laughs> just making okay. a donation to corporate America. Um, All right. <laughs> All right, um, that's enough of our chit-chat. All right, we'll take a break, guys, and we'll be back to talk about this week's episode, and we'll let you know what show we're covering. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you make can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the EarnIn app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Summer is coming and it is time for all of us to go on vacation. You can use the money you earn from EarnIn to buy a new bathing suit or some new clothes for your fun summer vacation. Download EarnIn today, spelled E-A-R, N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the EarnIn app, type in AutoCall on the podcast. When you sign up, it'll really help the show. That's AutoCall on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. EarnIn is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. 
Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the recess mocktail sampler at takearecess.com slash autocall MAFS. You guys know I don't drink very much. So recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make recess mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash MAFS so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com. And use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. All right, and we are back. This week, we are covering the documentary on Hulu, The Ashley Madison Affair. And we want to say a special thank you to Michelle, one of our listeners. We put it out there. What do you guys want us to cover? And this was a recommendation that we liked and we covered it. So thank you again, Michelle. And if you guys have any other recommendations, throw them our way and we are looking through them and we'll do our very, very best. All right, Aid, what were your general thoughts about it? Before my general thoughts, I did just hear whatever is going on outside. My general thoughts are that Hulu has a certain brand of something that they call a documentary. And mm-hmm. I find that I've probably watched too many of them. And I was perfectly glad to add Ashley Madison to the collection of calling it a documentary is a real stretch. It is. Docu-series? <laughs> documentary. Retrospective. Because it doesn't involve any of the major players. And there's a lot of people, outside people, providing commentary. It's like an I Love the 90s or something, where people just commentate on something that happened in the past. Yeah. But there's no inside people, really. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because that is my general thought. Like, I think like Hulu used to have actual documentaries on stuff, but now I think they see it as a a niche segment or something like a play, a play on the true crime, you know, genre or whatever it is that they're calling it. So they're not putting any effort into it. So all these quote unquote documentaries, the quality is very low. It's now quantity over quality. Because I just recently watched like The Perfect Husband, which I thought was going to be so, oh, what is the big thing or whatever. And it was just so poorly made and so boring. And I'm like, I don't think they're trying anymore. They just, as long as they have something out there, they just stamp the word documentary on it. But it's not like investigative journalism. That betrayed one. I felt like because a bad thing happened to a person who was professionally associated with ABC, they let her have a documentary. (laughs) <laughs> I I think they went wrong. I was like, is this a infomercial for her podcast? Because that's what it felt like. <laughs> but 
I, f I, I don't know if people will have strong feelings about this. If you have watched the documentary, there has to be something spectacular about what I'm watching, right? There has to be something spectacular yeah. about the situation. Unfortunately, if you went to high school, a, a high school teacher sleeping with a student is not that... It's wrong, it's bad, and people should not do it. But it's not a spectacular thing. It's just a thing that happens way too often, right? So, yeah. and the fact that we are centering the wife of the person, like, I, I think we kind of got around to centering the actual victim, but it just felt like it was all about her and she's not the most interesting person in the scenario. Sorry. Yeah, and just for clarification, we're talking about the perfect husband, not um, Ashley Madison yet. And I agree with you. It was just, that's why I said, as a podcast and you're giving your you know point of view about it that made sense but when you decide to make it a documentary and you're throwing in all these points of view it suddenly feels like okay so to what end again not saying what he did wasn't terrible it was but it just wasn't because for me i didn't know what the terrible thing was so that's part of the intrigue for me was i was looking forward to what it was so when i found out what it was i was like i mean it is terrible but that's what it was <laughs> So he was a serial cheater who took advantage of one of his students. The, the, and the other cheating was just regular old consensual people of the correct age cheating. Yeah. And he gave her an STD. That's bad, too. Well, that's bad, too. That, that's bad, too. That's bad, too. But, okay. Spinning it back to Ashley Madison. This is one of those things where I remember when it happened. But, honestly, it's kind of like tucked away in the recesses of my memory. I was like, oh, yeah, that did happen. Man, we had some wild things happen some several years ago. But for those who are familiar, I hope I think everybody knows about this. Ashley Madison was a website, a dating website for married people, for married people to go find fellow married people to date or sleep with or whatever it is the arrangement was, which is a is a wild concept. It's very fascinating. <laughs> On one hand, there's an inevitability to it. It was basically the eHarmony and the Match.com for cheaters. Mm -hmm. Once mm -hmm. we started with online dating, it was only a matter of time before someone came up with this. I think what, you know, Americans have always been hypocrites. I feel like Europeans are more open about stuff. Americans, we can be so, like, dirty, but we still want to portray this, you know, in a sense, like, oh, we're so this. So I think that's what the whole thing with Ashley Madison was, was like, how dare you be so open? Because for God's sake, who don't who doesn't know that married people cheat? It happens all the time. It's not okay. I feel like we're being so blasé about things and this might be misinterpreted. But married people cheat. But I think it's the fact, like, but how dare you be open? Like, hey, here's a resource. Don't stress yourself. Just log in and find whoever it is that you want. And I think that's what most people were reacting to. But there's a reason why they had millions and millions of subscribers. Because there's a market for it. And in their sort of defense, I think the ratio of people who actually cheat and the people who think about cheating and want to cheat, there's a difference there. And Ashley Madison appealed to both groups. Mm -hmm. If you ever had a thought about cheating on your spouse... You just quickly made an account in Ashley Madison. Maybe you paid, maybe you didn't. Mm -hmm. But I, we'll get into it more as we, we learn more as the documentary goes on. But 
the number of people who facilitated their cheating through Ashley Madison was probably pretty small. The number of people who thought about cheating and signed up for Ashley Madison, much larger. Yeah, that's something they should have done a deep dive on to parse the data. But um, I was quite fascinated by the CEO, Noel Biederman. Um, I mean, this man decided, like, I'm going to be the face of it. I don't care what you're going to say. Every publicity, there's no, no such thing as bad publicity. And... I found it very interesting when he went on, was it The View or something? One of the talk shows that he went to and they asked him, where is your soul? And again, caveat, it is not right to cheat or anything. But I think for these things, the way they kept placing it, he's not physically forcing people to sign up for it. He's producing a service and people are willingly on their own signing up for them. So I didn't understand so much vitriol for him when i'm with you i'm with you it, that i it's just it was outsized yeah because it's like what can i think as an example porn you somebody might think like oh that's the worst thing how could you or whatever but you actually have to buy it it's not like they're going door to door and flinging porn at you and dropping it in your inbox. So when everyone was just like, how could you? How dare you? What could you? I'm like, mm, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, he was the guy, also a troll. <laughs> he was. Like an OG troll. But it was also <laughs> some of the best and most creative marketing ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Like it was. they would offer big contracts to people who are caught up in cheating scandals. The Elliot Spitzer thing, this is the thing. When they introduced Elliot Spitzer on the documentary, I was like, did he use Ashley Madison? And then we find out he didn't use Ashley Madison. But after he was caught, Ashley Madison was like, see, he should have just used Ashley Madison. (laughs) (laughs) It was just really, really good marketing. Um, And I actually like the way the documentary um, presented it and showed us, like, he and his marketing team would take advantage of every single time that cheating was in the news to generate business for themselves. Yeah. And it worked. I mean, yeah, it worked for them. I was trying to remember during the time, there were only two names that I remember that were revealed. Um, Josh Duggar, which they mentioned on there. Also, guys, if you haven't watched Shiny Happy People, it's not exactly the best, but I would it's still recommend it. Yes, yes. I would still recommend it. Um, just go watch like all the vile things. Josh and his family have been hiding. But um, the other person was Kristen Takeman's husband from The Real Housewives of New York. Those are the only two names that I remember, and I couldn't for the life of me remember if any other high-profile names um, were revealed. There and- wasn't. I went looking because I was like, in my mind, there were all these people who were revealed to have been on, on Ashley Madison. And then when I actually went looking, those were the, kind of the two biggest names. <laughs> There was oh, one man. half of like a, a um, an influencer couple that I've never heard of, Sam Brader, um, of Sam and Nia, but yeah, that's there was that those are the two biggest people. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Perception would make it seem like there were just a lot of big names, um, that were out there. Um, there was something the documentary did that I did not like when they got actors to play people <laughs> that had signed up for it. I don't know what direction they were given, but it felt like a joke. 
they were two on the yes. nose and trying to be and i was like this is what's the point of this why didn't you just get someone to read it because this is it looks like you're poking fun <laughs> and maybe that was the point i don't know but i did not like it at all i kept on looking at the actors and being like have i seen you in something before uh, nah <laughs> <laughs> They did an open casting call on Craigslist and got whoever it is um, that they could find. But like I said, by 2008, they had 1.8 million subscribers, which is not a small thing. That's pretty damn huge for people who don't seem to. The thing is, I'm too paranoid to even go (laughs) to. I don't care how much the curiosity or anything is. So I'm in awe of all these people who went on there and signed up and just thought that their privacy would be kept, I guess. Um, we have no privacy. But I feel like we also have to remember the time. I don't know. Well, now we know the online we have no privacy because the case, the test cases are out there. Ashley Madison is actually one of the test cases. Back in the day, you would give your email address, I feel like, to people and you would, not, I wouldn't say expect, but you didn't know how much you were being watched and followed on the internet. So that part, I actually, there's a historical element to this. Hmm. Okay, I can see that. I mean, it's a blur to me. I don't remember what I felt. I know I had a BlackBerry, but I don't know anything else about I mean, the people security. who use their government uh, email addresses to sign up, that part. Oh, <laughs> As man. a government employee, I'm like, oh, that's dumb. Um <laughs> Well, that's but how much yeah. they trusted their privacy. So, um, um, moving, like, what was your thought on Noel Biedemann's wife? Like, I think I was very intrigued by how she was a part of it, willingly. Hopefully it was willingly. <laughs> and going and making the rounds with him. What were your thoughts on that? That, that, that was a bit too far for me. <laughs> that was a bit too I was very concerned about her I, I'm sure that Noelle is not a great human based on many many things but I was like this this is actually contrary to what you are selling because I, when he started it and he originally started his media stuff he was single I, oh. I didn't understand the point of bringing a wife into it at least that's what I thought Did were they always married? I just thought who I assumed that. I, I mean, now that you said it, I don't have any facts on that, but I just always assumed he was he was married. So I don't know. Huh. Because I just, I didn't understand. If you're trying to sell the idea that no one really wants to stay in a faithful monogamous marriage, and I think they tried to go on the view and explain things that really didn't make much sense. But why do you have a wife? It was very confusing to me. Whatever she said didn't make any sense. They said they have a pact for monogamy. That's true. He did say it's not natural. The monogamy is not natural. So maybe their stance was like monogamy Monogamy is not natural up until after a certain number of years. I don't know. I'm just putting words in his mouth now. But I don't understand how to the point where she was in the billboard for the company. That was a bit bridge too far. Yeah. So I'm just like, do you believe what you're selling. So, and I think what nobody asked her is if he signed up for the website, would she be upset? And I'm like, this is part of what 
makes it not qualify for a documentary because that is something I, I really wanted to know is how do you stand by something you don't believe in? But I, yeah, the whole wife thing threw me off because it did feel like he believed in cheating. And then he's like, but I have a wife and I kind of believe in cheating. But why did you go out and find a wife? The whole thing, yeah, threw me off. So yeah. I didn't really know what his end game was. Well, I, I mean, but the thing with the wife, it was just another marketing thing. Like that man would do anything for attention. And I can't think of anything that brings more attention than bringing your wife on TV when you own a cheating company. That's true. But we, I, I think we're trying to think with our brains, but we cheaters, we know people who have no intention of staying faithful and they still get married and get a wife. So it means That's nothing true. to them. That's true. So, you know. It's just a tool, like you said. Maybe he thought it made him look like a more respectable person and maybe they had an agreement. We'll never know. We don't know. Like, it would be nice now. Well, they're laying low. I just thought, like, if it was a true documentary, it would kind of be nice to know where they stand now. I didn't even know. Did you check if they were still together? I did not. But that, you know what? I think they were setting us up because they did mention that sometimes they had an, a former employee that was on there and he did say how someone in IT complained about how there was lack security, but either they did not pay attention to it or they thought they were fine. So I think that was a setup for like, you know, things were coming up later. Um, According to Wikipedia, he and Amanda are still married. He said he doesn't cheat, but the email hack revealed that he cheated a lot. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. Like, it's just inevitable. Like, someone of that mindset is the best way to put it. Um, but the thing is, if you're a company like Ashley Madison, I've always been fascinated by the name. So I will say that is something that the documentary answered. They just wanted it to be an everyday woman type of name. But like some person in the documentary said, never trust a person with the first and last name that are two first names. So, okay, that was I didn't realize name. it was supposed to be a first and a last name. <laughs> Ashley I Madison. I think I just thought it was just like Ashley Madison. I don't know the two names. <laughs> um. So yeah, when you have a company where the sky's the limit and there's no boundaries and no limits, of course, it was not a surprise that they were padding profiles. I mean, I just think like that is the least surprising thing about this company. There's no scruples, no morals or anything to be found. So I wasn't surprised that they were padding profiles on there. I guess what I didn't understand was how that was sustainable. Because if people are expecting to be messaged back and there was no connection, how did that work? There is something that Ashley Madison, I don't know if it revealed to us or showed us. I remember once seeing a tweet that you never hear about women who have two like a secret family because basically women do way too much to ever do do it twice over voluntarily. <laughs> and Ashley Madison is like really instructive of that. I feel like the original concept was we'll just throw it open, only to discover that women women cheat. Women cheat. We know this. Yeah. Yeah. Women do not cheat at the rate of men, and I think it's really they don't have the time. And they certainly didn't yeah. have the time to be going to sign up for Ashley Madison. So the difference between male users and female users was astronomical. <laughs> and because there weren't enough female users, they started faking female users. 
And I think it didn't matter about the fake profiles because it's Ashley Madison was not a real business model. It was yeah. It was a it was a fraud. It was vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Just vibes. <laughs> and I truly and believe so- many of the men who signed up didn't really want to cheat. They just wanted, like you said, the thrill of the vibes. Yeah. And I think that's what led to the commentator who was the journalist um, who signed up for it because he was doing an in-depth thing. And I really did appreciate his point of view, um, but we'll get into it. Let's take a break and we'll get back to see what he thought during his investigative journalism. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And we're back. Um, I didn't get his name, but we Orlando. Oh, was that his name? The guy in the I'm saying the guy in the blue shirt, like whoever is listening. Yeah, the Latino guy in the blue shirt. Yes. Okay, him. He, you know, told his story of how he signed up because he started out as, as you know wanting to see. He was writing an article about it. But he didn't lie. He was like, I got excited. I matched with someone. We went on three dates. And then he was going for lunch with her. He was actually excited that it was exciting. It was something new. And, you know, when they got to the date, she leaned in to kiss him. And he was like, I can't. And I'm just doing this to write a story. And she felt like shit. And he felt like shit. And it's such a sticky thing because technically he didn't cheat. But you went on three dates and you signed (laughs) up for something and you blurred the line. Yes, it was for a paper, but is the reason because you wanted to satisfy your curiosity and you really wanted to kind of whatever. He didn't, you know, try to get out of it or whatever. He just took accountability and was like, that was a terrible thing that I did. And I appreciated it. I mean, his life blew up, but I appreciated his honesty. He did. I appreciated his honesty. He did not go on three dates to need to write a story about Ashley Madison. (laughs) he literally could have just found people who used the site and interviewed them because that's what journalists do you know it's like journalists report on murder they don't kill people you don't have to go on dates for Ashley Madison for Ashley Madison to write a story about Ashley Madison but nice try nice try just like with everything with people who commit crimes they get really comfortable they start feeling like they're invincible and Ashley Madison started growing so fast. And like Aid said, there were more men and not enough women. When they started padding profiles, we started getting people who were not satisfied with it. And so that led to the birth of AshleyMadisonSucks.com. <laughs> and, you know, Noel 
he's really taking this company like it's his baby, practically threatens whoever this man is. And is like, you need to take it off. And then he recorded the call and we heard the call and is like, I will sue you. I would do this and I will do that. And I guess it worked because they sold the domain to Ashley Madison. At this point, it sounds like the mafia. And it really they, did. <laughs> they twisted it around and started putting testimonials on there. And I'm like, wow, like, wow. Like, how do you get to that level in life where, again, I'm speaking from the point of a paranoid person. I'm just always like, oh, something's going to go wrong. But he seemed to be so confident that everything was going to work out fine. So they scaled. There is a strategy to Ashley Madison. The, the documentary, I will say, I respected it. If you manage to buy the domain of Ashley Madison Sucks, one of your options is just to shut it down. But they are marketing geniuses. They they knew how to protect their company for a while there. And yeah. turning it into like a Ashley Madison praise site was a genius move. And I yeah. think it worked. It did. Because... Like I said, they scaled, they started going to other countries and they moved to, was it Korea or Japan, where they had a million subscribers in eight months. And I'm like, it's pretty, pretty bold to use Kim Jong-un's picture and say, even if you look like this, <laughs> you can get, I was like, what? What? And <laughs> um, have you heard about what he does? But they shut them down, but they found the loophole. And within months, they were back up. And I'm like, wow. Like, they were really on a run. They were on a good run um, right there. But um, I guess they started getting... Oh, sorry. Before we do that, we didn't talk about Stephanie, that lady who they just randomly feature. I was like, what? What was the point of this? I think we were supposed to see the real human cost of Ashley Madison. And that her husband left her. He's still with the affair partner 10 years later. And he met his affair partner on Ashley Madison. That said, it was kind of, I was one of those points where I was like, so your husband was a cheater. Whether it was Ashley Madison or something else, he would have cheated on you because he's a cheater. I think that's the thing that I was getting from there. Like everybody, and I think that's life. Everybody wants a person to blame, a thing to blame, a thing to whatever. And if it wasn't Ashley Madison, it would have just been regular life. I think is what it is. These people wanted to cheat. Ashley Madison just gave them the, the reason, a tool, a portal <laughs> to that end. But I'm not going to lie. Again, we're not laughing at people who got cheated on. But when she said she's, she's, he's still with the lady 10 years later, I started laughing. I was like, <laughs> what? Because she had this look on her face and she was nodding. She was like, yep. They are still together. And I'm like, what is that saying? Don't let your boyfriend stand in the way of your husband or something like that. Like, go ye forth and find the true love of your life <laughs> um, on there. So I wasn't expecting that. So that was a plot twist um, there for me. But um, yeah, so I mean, the hack happened. I mean, there's no other way to say it. They warned them. They told them they need to do this. And they announced that it was going to happen. And everybody started scrambling. Like, they started telling them, Deposit this Bitcoin. I was like, Bitcoin was around for that long? I have no recollection of it being around in 2012, was it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I have no recollection of it being around. And I also... But it was the favorite thing for like people trying to 
Yeah. Scam people, right? Like yeah. blackmail. Yeah. That's how you paid all your blackmail. But yeah. like you said, I, I didn't know Bitcoin. I, look, to be honest, I don't know what Bitcoin is to this day. <laughs> it's a form of currency that's something, something, something. That's about all I know. <laughs> I mean, what you just said is basically all I know. A form of currency, something, something, something. <laughs> And then, yeah, so people were going around and then they had all these um, cybersecurity people in the documentary talking. I mean, most of them seem to be from overseas. I don't know if no one wanted to speak from here. But the one thing that they noticed was like, um, they had a lot of women sign up or paying them to check to see if um, their husbands were on there. And then for the women... It was like some of them just signed up to see if they, their husband was part of it. And now when it leaks, it looks like they're adulteresses because they only just signed up. And I think Aid mentioned this at the top of the episode. Not like a, not, I don't want to say a majority, but a portion of the people who are signed up or whose data leaked or whatever weren't necessarily there to cheat or didn't actually cheat. But how do you differentiate between those people? Some of them just wanted to browse. I sort of buy, oh, I signed up to go find my husband, but I also am like, but how would you find it? Like, why didn't you have your friend do it for you? Why didn't people know how to make fake emails? But like I said before, people were not cyber conscious back then. Yeah. I also think some of the women were lying. The ones who were like, oh, I just went on there to see if my husband was on there. Mm, Maybe. (laughs) Maybe they wanted to just fantasize what could be but they didn't have the balls to go through with it. Um, a little sidebar, the journalist that you're talking about, Charles Orlando, he said when it blew up and everything just came out or whatever, that his career exploded and he was suddenly like doing interviews. He was on CNN and he was on TV. And I'm looking at this man like, you already hurt your wife. And instead of you to lay low and just stick to your journalism thing, you also on top of everything else, chase the fame. And we're doing interviews about your experience, not just in general. So your wife has to relive your stupidity over and over and over again. You want it out of that marriage. I don't care what you say, because that was the dumbest thing you could have done. People who love the spotlight are kind of scary people. And this man wanted the spotlight more than he wanted to be married. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. So... Um, yeah, so as if it wasn't bad enough that your data was being leaked around and people were going to go around, they were being extorted by people, like we said, and there was this one guy, the guy Marvelous or Marvel or whatever his name was. This man told us that he signed up and he was talking to people. He was married. He was not concerned about his wife, guys. He said, I was concerned about my coworkers, what would they think, and my clients. He did not say <laughs> what, because that man don't give a fuck. It's like, eh, it is what it is. <laughs> and so um, the other part of it was there were some people um, in the church that had stuff on there. So they had people from the church that were plugging and playing email addresses to see if people were there. And then they'll call the wives to say, hey, your husband is on there. And I'm like, what is the point of that? And I say that because there was a New Orleans pastor that killed himself. Because, I mean, there were a couple of suicides because people didn't know where this was going to lead. Even though his note said he never cheated. But then I'm like, so how did they get your email? Was he? What what was your interpretation of that? Was he framed or? 
I, I don't know what that meant, I guess. This, there's a lot of sadness around suicide. I just find that if people are in that place, like there can be inciting factors, but depression is an internal um, disease, not an external one. In my, mm-hmm. I think that's my understanding of it. Yeah. And so Ashley Madison, I think, was an inciting event uh, for people who probably were already not in a great place. And and so, yeah, it was that was OK. I will say this. That was the saddest part of the documentary, because the whole thing felt so silly that for someone to take their life over, it felt like such a waste. Yeah, but I think, OK, so if you're at the point where you're going to kill yourself, there's nothing to lose at that point. So I think for me, him still saying in his final note, like, I did not cheat. I kept wondering, so is that true? Did someone just use his email? Or do you think he did and he regretted it? And he wanted to make his wife feel better? Like, what would be the point of lying even till the end? I don't know. Those are the thoughts. That's very much a mystery, whether he actually did it or did not do it. Was so depressed and ashamed, decided to even lie in a suicide note. Yeah. I I mean, it could be either. Either he's telling the truth in a suicide note and the emotional trauma of being thought of as a cheater on top of whatever else they're going through. Or they did it and they're so depressed about it that they want to clear their name. I, I couldn't tell you, but that was very sad. Yeah, it was. Um, I think the, <laughs> another fascinating part is that all this was going on and Ashley Madison was still trucking along. They did not shut down. They're still <laughs> open like, to this day. Oh, what? I don't think I knew that. When you okay, search so, Ashley Madison, it still exists. Wait, so that guy, they had that one guy that's the employee. He's still working there? Do you remember uh, the I, guy? I don't remember that guy. Oh, he was in a suit, very well-dressed guy or stuff like that. Okay. Oh, he okay. was like their, I remember, he was he was either like their lawyer or their public something. affairs, something or other. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was wondering why he was saying it in present tense. And I was like, I wonder if he still works there and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, they were still going on, but there was a lawsuit in 2013 for the fake profiles. Like they were being sold a bill of goods that wasn't true. And in that suit there was the stuff that all came out there was that one guy that was filled with glee um that poured over every single thing that he got about them and that's how we found out that noel was into escorts and i was like honestly are we surprised and the fact that he wanted them to be 18 or 19 years old like i don't know we're not giving him credit that at least he went adult but it's still skeezy that skeezy legal but skeezy yeah so, um, I don't know. No one knows where Noel Biederman is. They said he's still in Toronto somewhere, but they said they saw him on LinkedIn. And I was like, oh, I should look. But I didn't. So I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know what he's doing. I just wonder, will somebody... I mean, if you own the company aid, even though his methods were extreme, it was still kind of good marketing. Would you hire him? I would hire his marketing team. they're the ones who did the work I'm sure they come up with most of the ideas he he was just central to it so yes I would hire the Ashley Madison marketing team 
I just looked up Noel Biedemann and it still says Ashley Madison. Yeah, because it still exists. But and he doesn't still... work there. He they got rid of him. They got rid of Oh, I didn't know they got rid of him. Yeah, they said in the documentary. Yeah, like they paid him <laughs> off. They paid him off. Okay, I've just seen his actual stuff. Okay, he's not there. He... He's the CEO. Oh, he just says CEO, operating, marketing, everything officer. So I don't know what he does. He is the strategic advisor for iGaming. So he's in the gaming advisor? industry. What is a strategic advisor? Oh, you do strategy hmm. for the um, product or whatever. So he's in the gaming industry. I mean, he's had a few bunch of jobs. So he's doing fine, really. Life is wonderful. He's been there for eight months. Anyways, um, yeah, I mean, they thought they figured out who did it. I think we still don't know who did it. They thought it was Will Harrison, a former employee. He was disgruntled, and everyone was like, case closed, all that's done. And then they come to find out that, no, he's been dead because he shot himself in the summer of 2014. And I'm like, damn. Um, so I guess we don't know who outed them. Till today. I'm scared of these hackers. Oh, on one hand, it's like, oh, they got Ashley Madison, but you what whatever you're doing on the internet, you really have to be careful because the yeah. hackers are coming. They will leak your information. Yeah, they will if they want to. Um, the last piece of brilliant move, not marketing, that Ashley Madison did was all the people who wanted to sue them for bad service or whatever it was, they're like, fine, sue us, but you can't sue us and being anonymous. You have to say out loud, <laughs> list your name, let the whole wide world know everything that you're doing. And this was a question I had for you because there was one hand, there was some lady that was like, everyone deserves privacy. It doesn't matter what they did or what they choose to do with their private life, whether you agree with it or not. And the other person is like, well, if you're gonna cheat and you're proud of it, let it be out there in the open. Do you think that these people deserved privacy? Um, I think I, I, I agree with Ashley Madison. They deserve privacy. Um, Ashley Madison does not think they deserve privacy, by the way. Well, I agree with Ashley Madison. They, <laughs> you can be private, but you can't sue us <laughs> and still try to maintain your privacy. Yes, I agree. I agree. I think there's a lot of things that people do. And it's the same thing that you say, because if you open the door of, oh, you people who cheat, that's bad, that's terrible. You don't deserve privacy. Do we now extend it to, are you going to fire someone at a job because they cheated? Like, where is the division between your private life and work? I guess. There's a lot of question I have about it. As a society, how much are we supposed to shame cheaters? Like back in the day, <laughs> if you're a politician and you cheated, you resigned. Or in the case yeah. of Bill Clinton, you got impeached. Yeah. These days, at least in at least in one particular political party, you really don't have to do anything. <laughs> and I, I really think the other political parties should go in that direction too. I everybody hates a cheater, but as long as Everybody is mutually consensual. I, I don't think people should be losing their jobs. Is that an unpopular opinion? I actually don't know. 
I'm actually keep I, I keep trying to imagine how people are gonna respond to everything we're saying today because I just think like everybody deserves rights. I guess it's a terrible thing, yes, but it's just I I think they deserve the privacy based on that's what they were selling to them. Like it's a whole different thing if you're saying like oh we're selling this your information is gonna be open then they make a choice but based on what you told them you said you were gonna be private. So I think they deserve privacy, but I think Ashley Madison just found a loophole when they said, well, you have to say your name out loud because that's not what you were selling in the beginning. So I don't know. Tough call. Tough call. I, I, because yeah. there is a level of like, okay, if you cheat on your spouse, you went before God or the government or somebody and said that you were going to be married and you're you were going to be faithful possibly you said that i don't know if you break those vows are you ultimately an untrustworthy person like do i not want to work with you now because you're not trustworthy yeah i mean and i'm only speaking from the legal point of view my personal view shame ring that bell walk the streets put the scarlet letter on there let everybody let everybody know about that that's what i think personally it's interesting though because at work are you saying that would you would you be okay okay i used to work for the military and cheating there is actually like a little bit of a crime (laughs) there are serious (laughs) consequences for cheating and one of the cases that happened in my sort of orbit it wasn't so much the cheating was bad enough which both of them were doing on their spouses but they also did it with co-workers which then bled into work so I'm like, uh, if your coworker cheats and is completely separate from any work thing, do you think they should be fired? I do think once you start cheating with your coworkers and affecting the work environment and making all kinds of like ethical and sometimes illegal things that you are doing to cover up your cheating because it's in the work environment, that's something different. But if you just knew that your coworker cheated, would you still want to work with them? Oh, don't ask me hard questions. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I feel like uh, I would. I don't know. I still would, but I'd be lying if I said it would be business as usual. You would just look at them differently, right? Yes, I would just look at them differently. Yes. But would you still feel like, oh, I can trust them to finish their part of the project or no? Oh, yeah. Like, okay. I don't care what you do with your nether regions and your bits. Like, if you get my project done and you meet the deadline, as long as that part works, I, that's all I care about. You can get a serial cheater who's is a fantastic teammate. That's all I care about. I'm not the one laying in bed with you as long as you cheat on me. Now, if you cheat on me, now we have a different question. But, there yeah, I think, so that's my answer. I would still work with my coworker if you were a good worker now if you're lazy and you're cheating eh, that's it but i also think though like what you said if the rules state up front like don't date your coworker, it's a crime or whatever that's a whole different thing right crime is an interesting word the uniform code <laughs> of military justice is different you know i think yes in in the uniform code of military justice hopefully i'm getting the acronym right cheating is a crime that has consequences for your professional career 
in a way that it isn't in the civilian world. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I will say most of the time people aren't really prosecuted for it. <laughs> there are other ways to reprimand people without going to like a full UCMJ prosecution. And that's usually what happens. I don't know. It's none of their business though, but that's a whole different. Um, the military has decided that it affects their readiness. If you have, if you're causing drama, <laughs> There's, it's a whole different system. Sorry, I, I got sidetracked a little with it, but it's a whole different system. Parts of it make sense to me. Parts of it, I'm just not familiar with enough to pass judgment. Okay. I'd be very interested if any of our listeners have any thoughts on that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what the documentary was about. My final thought was just like deciding to use Ashley Madison after the breach truly is a choice. I, well, I mean... <sighs> Just to compare, I just saw some video someone sent me that the best time to go on vacation to a place is after some sort of crisis has happened because it's really cheap and no one wants to go there because they're like, I mean, you can't get hit by thunder twice, right? Or whatever the thing might be. Um, So I think the same thing goes with Ashley Madison. Like, there's no way your information is getting leaked now, right? (laughs) What do you think of that logic? No, I think it's getting leaked again. We're the hackers are even better, smarter, <laughs> more hungry. I think it's possible. I think we're now at the point where nothing is safe. Actually, how many times do we have breaches from big companies too? So, I actually worried when I googled Ashley Madison. I was like, "Is my data going to get leaked? Do they know that <laughs> I googled Ashley Madison?" <laughs> but anyways. Um, I would love to know the numbers of people still signing up for Ashley Madison. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, I don't think I you mean, need it's... Ashley Madison to cheat. I think you can figure out how to do it without any assistance. Just, people I just mean, go on the regular apps now to do that. You don't need Ashley Madison. There's Instagram now. Just slide into DMs. There's Instagram. There's Bumble. There's Hinge. There's Tinder. Yeah. Well, Anyways. did you have anything else? Um, I'm glad we did this because I'm glad I watched it. It was like some light reading, if you will. Yeah, it was some light reading and it was a little amusing, honestly. So, I, I think it's very funny that both of us saw it as a comedy. I'm like, are we okay? <laughs> are we okay? <laughs> We're fine. We're fine. <laughs> All righty. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed our our, our off season episodes. We're gonna keep them coming for you. Um, yeah. keep stay tuned for next week. Yeah, and let us know as usual if you have any thoughts. It's Alta Call Maps A L T A R C A L L M A F S on Twitter, on Instagram. You can shoot us an email and add gmail.com to it. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.